0: You are listening to the Reality Steve Podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind-the-scenes juice on Tayshia's season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve.
1: What's up guys? Welcome to podcast number 211. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Got a great show for you this week. One of my favorites that I love bringing back. I want to say this is her third or fourth time on the show, if I believe it might even be five. Gosh, I need to go back and check. Anyway, former bachelor contestant briefly on BIP. It's Jacqueline Trumbull. We'll get to her momentarily. And before we get started, today is a big day in Reality Steve Podcast history, because on December 4th, 2016, was my very first podcast. So the first Thursday in December, four years ago, was the very first podcast I did. So this is technically, even though it's December 3rd today, it's technically the anniversary of when I started this podcast. It's crazy to think four years I've done a podcast every week a couple times in the beginning I did two in a week which was just uh, ridiculous um when I was doing the he said she said podcast with first charlene and then with Ashley a couple times I was you know when we released those per week I was doing two podcasts a week but um yeah four years it's kind of crazy when you think about it also in terms of Ashley as I wrote yesterday, I don't know what the status of the Instagram live shows that we do every week is going forward. I can pretty much guarantee you I'm not going to do one the rest of the calendar year. All of December I'm going to take off. And then I, I just don't feel right doing it without Ashley. Not saying that anybody couldn't co-host and just fill in and gladly step aside once Ashley is ready. I just don't feel up for it, to be honest with you. And it's nothing against any possible co-host. I just... I feel this is something that it's Ashley and I started it during quarantine. It's been a lot of fun, and I just feel we're doing it without her. So definitely through the end of the year won't be any Instagram lives. When the new year rolls around and Matt's season starts, we'll see. Uh, But this is all up to Ashley when she wants to come back. I have no idea, and I'm not going to pressure her. I'm not even going to ask her. When she feels ready to come back, she'll tell me. And if she never feels ready to come back, I'm fine with that. And then I'll determine from there. So if you can help at all, if you can donate at all, go to at Alexa Spivey, her sister on Venmo or PayPal. If you feel like donating and helping out because Ashley has been such a great friend and a great co-host, then yeah, um, I, I would, I would donate if I were you, I, I donated. Um, and hopefully, you know, this, this certainly helps. Uh, any, anything can help uh, in the situation that she's in. Cause it's just awful. So, I appreciate anybody who has donated, and I appreciate you if you plan on donating in the future. Other things to talk about within the franchise. um, What else has been going on? Obviously, I, I revealed some stuff this week. The Men Tell All, we kind of have an idea now of when it is airing. Well, we do know it's going to air on Monday the 14th, which means there are three episodes that air after the Mentel All episode airs, which is very different from past seasons because usually the Men Tell All airs the week before the finale when there's only two guys left. But we know, as I reported, none of Tasha's final four guys, Ivan, Brendan, Zach, or Ben, appeared at the Men Tell All. And, as I reported yesterday, only nine guys attended, total. And I gave you six of them, and I think uh, Blake Moines is definitely one of them. I can't believe I left that name off. I knew he had gone. And uh, knowing now that Riley lasts till top seven, my guess is Riley is probably the other guy there. And I think Jason. So those are your nine. The six I gave you yesterday in yesterday's column, which I guess I could pull it up real quick, uh, real quickly. So the six that I know that were there were um, uh, Jason, Yosef, Damar, Ed, Bennett and Noah. I can tell you that Blake Moynes was definitely there. I'm pretty sure Riley was there and Chasen was there. Those are your nine guys that uh, were on the Mentel All. But yeah, it airs Monday, December 14th. That's our first Monday episode of the season. So next week, the 8th. And then we have Monday, the 14th, which is Mentel All. And then Tuesday, the 15th. And then Monday, the 14th. All right, Monday, the 21st. And Tuesday, the 22nd. And then we're done with Taysha's season. But uh, yeah. So that's the deal uh, for Men Tell All. Um, if you want to go check out you know what I said about easy. that's in yesterday's column as well. As for the Tasha thing, I'll just reiterate, I know that it certainly looks like an engagement ring in her picture. Was it done on purpose? Was it done accidentally? Did she accidentally spoil her season? Whatever the case may be, all I know is what I've been told. And um, I have not been told that she got engaged at the end of this thing. And um, I don't know why she would be wearing an engagement ring if that's the case. Could be a ruse. Could not. I guess, we'll, I guess we've got three weeks to find out. But um, I'm doing what I can to find out on my end. And uh, I will update you accordingly if I do find anything out. But, um, you know, I'm hearing some things. And when I saw that picture uh, with Tasha that everybody sent to me, like, oh, my God, she spoiled her own season. Look, she's got an engagement ring on. And people were convinced that it must be Zach because of you know, people were saying to me that, um, the other three guys in her final four were accounted for this weekend. Zach was the only one to not post anything. So that must mean she was him. It not must mean anything. It could mean it's just speculative at this point. All I know is this, that's not what I was told. And we kind of just go from there. I, I've not heard that. So we'll see. We'll see what happens, but, um, don't really have much else to get to. Uh, this week, let's just jump right into it uh, with one of my favorites. You know her from RE season. You know her briefly from Bachelor in Paradise, and now she has a podcast that she does called "A Little Help for Our Friends." It's Jacqueline Trumbull with podcast number two eleven. All right, let's bring her in. She, uh, you first saw her on RE season of The Bachelor. Then she briefly appeared on Paradise. I couldn't even tell you what season because it was not memorable, and I'm sure she wants to forget it. And then you can now hear her on her own podcast, a little help from our friend's podcast. She's also F.P. Santangelo's BFF. It's Jacqueline Trumbull. Jacqueline, how are you?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure why I come on the show if you're going to keep mentioning my Paradise
1: appearance. <laughs> it was literally, what, two days you were there of filming? Three, maybe?
0: Oh, I wasn't even there three days. I don't even know if I was there for 48 hours.
1: Really? Was that short? That's right. Yeah. You, you came in. Who did you end up going on it? Because everyone that comes in comes in with a date card. Who did you end up going on a date with? Kenny King. Oh, Kenny King. That's right. And then he just ended up picking somebody else at the rose ceremony.
0: Correct. Yeah. Okay.
1: That was it. That was it for Jacqueline on Paradise. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, my bachelor appearance wasn't so bad. You know? I know. I mean, your
1: bachelor appearance was way longer. Um. Uh-huh. So okay, let's let's back up here before we get into any of that, and let's start out with um. You had an anniversary that passed recently.
0: I did you put one it, year. You
1: put it on your Instagram of uh-huh. you and your boyfriend have been together a year now. So I, for people that don't know, why don't you kind of explain how that came to be and what happened?
0: What? How it came to be that we lasted a year, or how no. we met, or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: how you lasted a year but how you guys met and the story behind you guys meeting and anything else that may be interesting
0: about it (laughs) um okay well i saw him okay i mean i guess that what you're probably getting at is that he's a professor at duke and i'm a grad student
1: (laughs) okay so you got me that's what i was trying to get at
0: (laughs) yeah thanks (laughs) 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 <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. you're
1: allowed to say that now, right? I mean, this isn't like – are you not allowed to say that? Do I have to edit this out?
0: No, no, no. Oh, okay. I mean, we – yeah, no. I mean, I always I tell the to, – we went through all the proper channels. Um, a lot of people ask about this, and I stay relatively quiet, which is why <laughs> – I mean, at this point, it's just a tradition that I come on your show and you accost me with scary questions. So. <laughs> it wasn't even a
1: question. It was like, "Hey, tell us about how you guys met." I was just wondering. I was just kind of leading you down that road, uh-huh. down that road to see if you'd go there, and you did. That's all I wanted.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I, he he gave a like a talk um, in one of my classes that he was kind of talking about like the road to psychology and some particulars about himself and. I thought he was cute and super young-looking, and he had a lot of um, details in his background that I thought were compatible. Um, he, we had a lot of similar interests, basically, and so I uh, I really like being the pursuer in relationships. Like, I find that super fun. I've never really gone for a guy that's pursued me. Um, usually, like if I have to be pursued, I'm not interested in the first place. So. Um, I usually am the aggressor so I kind of like hatched a plan at the cohort <laughs> we're all very excited about this and slid in his slid in his dms because he I found out he did intellectual humility research which I'm very interested in because basically what that is is you know you might think that you have really good ideas and that you're really smart but you also have enough humility to know that people who disagree with you also have really good ideas and are really smart and you know you don't know everything and I think that that's something we should probably encourage these days (laughs) um so I found out he's doing that work and so I just asked him about it and thought you know worst case like maybe I could do some research for this guy and then we just super hit it off and had kind of a soul connection and just had so much in common and we were able to you know talk for hours and that made it really easy to kind of figure out that there was attraction and interest there before we actually like dated or kissed or anything. So we looked up what the policy was and we went straight to HR before anything happened. And they were awesome. Like I never knew that I would like administrators so much, but they were really thoughtful and we, they took it all the way up. I mean, we were, we were talking to deans and, Um, They created a management plan just to make sure that there's no sort of ethical violations. We can never do research together. We can never be in the same class together. Um, He can never be on any kind of like committee, like my dissertation committee or anything like that. We're also in two different kinds of psychology, so there's not really any overlap anyway. He's a cognitive psychologist. So, um, yeah, I mean, Duke was cool with it. Obviously, there was some gossip and drama, but... Um, we did, you know, we did, we acted in accordance with the policies, policies. So. I was
1: going to say, what a professional way to go about handling a relationship as opposed well, to just trying to s- sneak around or something. <laughs> Cause I think, I, I mean, honestly, I think most people in your situation probably would just be like, Hey, let's just, you know, bang it out and just not tell anybody, you know? I, I mean, uh, that's the way yeah. I think most people would handle it. Especially, well, you're not, I say college kids, but you're not a college kid, so. That's right, why. I
0: mean I'm yeah i'm twenty nine he's thirty eight. Um, you, you know, I mean, he's he's one of the youngest faculty i I think a lot of people have a lot of opinions on workplace dating, in particular this kind of dating. Yeah. But the reality is is it's so common. And if you make it if if you prohibit it, people are still going to do it because. The other reality is that, especially in something like academia, I mean, you just, you're there all the time and you're working all the time and it really becomes your main community. And I mean, there are studies showing that even just proximity can increase attraction. So I think there's some statistic that says that a huge number of marriages start in the workplace. And it's because, you know, I mean, we're both psychologists, we have a ton in common right there and we're around each other, um, you know, theoretically, like, Um, we didn't have that much overlap and we didn't have any overlap in terms of classes or anything like that. But, you know, I mean, he's in the Duke community and everything. And so it's kind of like, it's kind of just normal. And if you allow it, then you can go through the proper channels and make sure that there's no, there's no violations, there's no power dynamic or anything like that. And if you don't, I mean, I just, I can't imagine that people aren't going to hook up anyway.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. And like you said, you handled it correctly. And I don't think, you said because of the parameters that have been set where, you know, can't be taking the same class as him and stuff like that. It makes a little more sense that way. Now, knowing that, that Mm -hmm. you guys aren't doing anything wrong. You're just two adults that are having a relationship, but because it is student teacher, it's like, okay, you can have this, but a couple of rules here that you got to follow, which aren't. you,
0: You know, the other thing that I think is really good about what Duke did by allowing us to have this relationship and doing it the right way is that, if they if they didn't and people still form these romantic connections, there's no real way that they can have a real meaningful, deep relationship. It's probably going to keep things on a sexual level yeah. because eventually, you know, you can't hide a year-long relationship. It's impossible. So then what it does is it actually, I think, puts students at a huge disadvantage where i mean I, I'm not saying this is rampant, although I have heard a lot of stories from other people about it being pretty rampant um but I think the last thing you want is for a student having a sexual relationship with a professor where there's no you know there's no respect there's there's no support from other people like i i you know my advisor signed this plan um i you know he kind of he's in on the the relationship I let him know how it's going like I have tons and tons of support, and so does Paul. So, um, yeah, it's I don't know. It's
1: nice. Well, I think the other thing would be if a student, because when we hear about stuff like this and gosh, even when it's sensationalized in television shows and movies, it's usually a married professor that's banging his student. You know, uh-huh, Yeah. And it's always yeah. male teacher and female student for mm-hmm. the most part. So that's why this is totally different. Um, plus, you're older. This isn't an 18 or 19 year old. Freshman or sophomore in college and whatnot. So good for you. Um, Oh, thank you. And I, which leads me to my next thing with, which is fairly new in your life. And that is your podcast, a little help from our friends podcast. And you're doing it with one of your, I don't want to, is she technically a coworker or how would you describe it? Just tell everybody how, you know, your podcast, how it got started and kind of what you guys are attacking on your podcast.
0: Sure. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about because it, it really means, it really means a lot to me. I think it's a great little podcast and it's actually called A Little Help for Our Friends. I keep saying, I keep
1: saying from, right? Is that what you Well, because
0: that's the song lyric. So yeah, I mean, that's exactly. where I got it from. It makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah. But it's a little help for our friends. And there's a lot of mental health podcasts out there and we know that, but this one is aimed at the loved ones of people who have mental health struggles because a situation that i found myself in a lot i mean i have you know i have a family member with extreme substance abuse um i've dated men with anxiety disorders with personality disorders um i you know i have friends with depression i've had depression so there's like mental illness is really kind of a community issue it's a it's a systems issue And it's not just the one person experiencing it. It's everybody around them who's also kind of experiencing it vicariously. And it can feel so lonely and frustrating to watch someone you love suffer and not know how to help. And it can feel really lonely and frustrating and painful and scary to, you know, sometimes be in a relationship with someone who has severe mental illness and not know how to look out for yourself and not know how to set boundaries So basically, we bring in experts. We give, um, we give skills, usually from a therapy called dialectical behavior therapy, which is a behavior for, or a a therapy for borderline personality disorder. We talk about personal experiences. We have guests with personal experience with mental illness. And we kind of – we try to help you understand these illnesses better and how to help better and how to help yourself better and show up for yourself, kind of like a put-your-own-oxygen-mask-on-before-helping-others approach.
1: Well, that's – I mean, you guys have tackled a lot of different topics, like you said. There's Mm -hmm. uh, the one that really – that I listened to, I didn't get. I, didn't, I haven't listened to it from beginning to end yet, but I did start it, and I was really interested in it. And then I got sidetracked, and I haven't gotten back to it. <laughs> but I will, but it was, it, it was the empathy one, and yeah. it kind of played a role in, you know, in talking about this show and talking about the Bachelor and the Bachelorette, um, how people, well, essentially, uh, are not the most empathetic right. people in the world. Uh, people aren't as empathetic towards others as they should. Talk about that one a little bit, and I don't know kind of throw in your experience on the show and what you dealt with Uh (laughs) (laughs) post-show.
0: I don't even know where to start with this one. um, Well, first of all, we kind of break down what empathy is. A lot of people hear empathy and I think they hear compassion or sympathy. So they think it's like someone who's empathetic is really nice. What empathy actually is, is it's more like a three-prong process. There is emotional empathy, which is when you, um, you can kind of feel what another person's going through. So like, let's, like, let's say this last episode, you know, when Ben was talking about his bulimia, um, I, you know, I, I really felt that sadness really hit me in the chest. Um, Or when Riley, God, when he was talking about, when he was presenting his self-portrait, you know, I almost cried. Like it was, you really feel that kind of emotionally. And so you're kind of mirroring the experience that they're having. And the second is called cognitive empathy, which is when you can understand what another person's going through. So, you know, if someone is, um, you know, if, if someone's doing something that you disagree with, cognitive empathy would help you understand, okay, like given his experience and given what he's gone through in life and, um, you know, given who he is, this, what he's doing makes sense. I understand why he's doing it, even if I don't maybe agree with it. So so real quick,
1: cognitive doesn't have anything to do with understanding it because you went through it yourself. It's just putting yourself in that person's shoes.
0: Yeah. I mean, going through it yourself can definitely help. Like I think that's a lot of, a lot of times where cognitive empathy kind of starts. It's like, Oh, you know, when I was in this, when I was in his shoes, I acted like this. And so it makes sense that he's doing it as well but you don't necessarily have to have, you know, been in that, in that position. Um, you know, I've never had an addiction, but my family member who does have an addiction, you know, I understand that she, um, that she doesn't have control over certain behaviors in her life, that she lies a lot, that, you know, all these things happen because, her circuitry has been hijacked and her coping skills have been hijacked. And so, you know, I can just kind of, I can cognitively understand that even if I've never been through it myself. Um, yeah. And then the, the third process is just emotion regulation. So, you know, if you have that really high, like affect empathy and, and you're, you're feeling the emotions of the other person, sometimes that can kind of hijack you too much. And then you're not able to extend help and compassion. So the, the third kind of emotion regulatory process kind of allows you to dampen your own emotional response so that you can then say, hey, I, I see you. I know what you're going through and I, I want to help.
1: You know, you mentioned a family member who has addiction and I, I don't remember, I don't know if you've ever, have you, have you dove into this on your podcast or talked about I have, it publicly?
0: I, I have. I'm not going to say who. Yeah. Um, just for respect of her privacy, but yeah.
1: And I don't... You don't need to say who, but can you mm-hmm. talk about the type of addiction? Only because I think you and I have talked about this, and I can't remember. I don't even remember who it is. You probably did tell me, but I forget. Um, mm-hmm. But the actual, the what they're addicted to, mm-hmm. uh, after seeing Zach's story on the show yeah. this week, I think it's somewhat similar. Am I right?
0: Um, she's addicted to
1: alcohol. Okay. And Zach had and, alcohol, yeah. but his ended up turning more into... Drugs and pills.
0: Prescription. I th- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I don't think she has a pill addiction. I don't. You know, that's never been. That's never really come up. But who knows? You know, alcoholics lie and they hide. Yeah. Because they're super ashamed. <laughs> so.
1: Well, that was the thing that kind of triggered it for me was this the similar thing when Zach was telling Tasha his story was, mm-hmm. and this article that came out in 2014 that. I tweeted out and I put in yesterday's column and I put it again in and, and the day before its column um, that kind of chronicled Zach's depths that he fell to when he was in this drug addiction was mm-hmm. the amount of lying he did to get drugs yeah. and thinking about, oh my God, I got to go on a honeymoon and how am I to get drugs to another country? Um, yeah. And yeah. And the same thing, like there is so much lying involved in it. And mm-hmm. like you said, you just kind of lose your sense of, I would think who you are uh doing something like that
0: yeah i mean you know there was a 10-year period where i barely talked to her sober and it's really unusual experience to be talking to someone who's clearly wasted and they're telling you that they haven't had a drop of alcohol in six months <laughs> I mean, no. you know it's like you just <sighs> i'm lucky that i'm not the one who has to be the one getting her help. Um, I try to help, you know, but um, it's not my responsibility as much. So I can kind of have a little bit of a distance there. Um, like I don't have to be the one constantly monitoring.
1: <laughs> how but, far into the, how far into the alcoholism did you know? Did you know right away or was there years that went by where you had no idea that they were, I guess, a functioning alcoholic or maybe they weren't even functioning. Maybe they were, um, it was obvious every time.
0: I don't really know. I mean, I think, I think there were a few years where it looked more, her, her husband was a heavy drinker, um, but never lost control. It was just sort of a drinking culture. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it it was kind of, it's kind of easy to disguise alcoholism when day drinking is just part of the, part of the social experience. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of just like alcohol use ramped up, but, there's just there just became such a sharp difference where then it was like she's sleeping half the day and her personality has completely changed and she doesn't look the same and mm. yeah and then it's like oh I can, this isn't even something you can remotely ignore.
1: Well, when you heard Zach telling his story to Tasha, did any of it resonate with you? Did you were like, yeah, I can, yeah, yeah okay,
0: totally, yeah. I mean, I would love to have Zach on my podcast. <laughs> like, it's. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's what I really like about Zach and what I felt, I I wish that, I don't know, I wish there'd been a little bit more conversation around it, but what I really like and respect about Zach is that he was so far deep in it and then he got out, like recovering from this shit is so hard and he did it like he, he recovered and now he's using. His life to help other people. Um, I mean, that just takes so much willpower, so much strength, and um, it's really. I mean, it's a hard. It's a hard addiction to come. It's a hard disorder to come back from because it really kind of like rewires you a little bit. I mean, the brains of alcoholics and addicts. It's like they. I wish I remembered the actual neurobiology of it, but you know, they start not being able to choose long term reward over instant gratification. yeah. And so, you know, I mean, they start, they start lying to people because they can't even, they can't choose the long-term reward of sustaining social relationships over the short-term gratification of, I need to get this fixed. And so everything you see them do is for short-term gratification. And that just has, I mean, it just, it changes how they are able to cope. It changes how they're able to socialize. They lose relationships. They lose employment. Sometimes they lose freedom. They're incarcerated, which is why I'm so against the drug war. I'm so, I'm so against incarcerating people for this. Uh, so it doesn't work. Yeah. So, I mean, he just, he over, he, he climbed a mountain <laughs> and now he's helping others.
1: Yeah. To say the least and eight years sober and, you know, it's great for him, um, but it's still, I mean, I don't know anybody. Well, I shouldn't say that. I do know one person. But not enough to where I could really feel comfortable speaking too much on it. But what you hear all the time from anybody is mm-hmm. it's a day-to-day thing. Like, you could be sober for 20 years, and all it takes is one slip-up, and you could go right back into that whole Exactly.
0: And, and that's what I've been experiencing with my family member. She's on the path to recovery, but that path involves <laughs> – Constant setbacks. You know, you take 20 steps, you take 40 steps back. And then, so it's, you know, it's, it's hard to watch. It's hard to be a part of.
1: Guys, I talked to you about them once before. I'm going to talk to you about them again. United Harvest, let's talk about meat. Do you know the best stuff isn't available at the grocery store, right? If you order your meat online, you should know that some of those boxes import their meat from overseas. I've been getting my meat recently from United Harvest, which is a new delivery company founded by ranchers. They exclusively provide the best cuts of American beef, Wagyu and lamb. And I know exactly what I'm getting and exactly where it's from. And wow, I'm telling you, you can really taste the difference. I spoke with the people over at United Harvest and they told me, although Wagyu beef is, you know, top of the line beef out there, they told me how to cook it. You don't put Wagyu beef on the grill. No, 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 cast iron pan, three and a half minutes, medium high heat, three and a half minutes each side, rest it for about eight to 10 minutes, and that's your ideal meat for a Wagyu beef. We're talking the other premium cuts that they have, ribeye steak, which is well marbled and mouthwatering, New York strip, which is potato fed, not corn, resulting in a richer and fuller flavor, Wagyu top sirloin steak, which is a versatile cut that's lean and flavorful, Lamb loin chops that are perfect for a holiday party. They are tender, packed with flavor, and quick to cook. Flavor, you guys, it's out of this world because premium quality is built into every step of United Harvest's sustainable farming process, which includes no no hormones, GMOs, or unnecessary antibiotics. Since United Harvest's farmers are right here in the USA, there's no imported meat from halfway around the world like some meat delivery companies do. Just premium cuts of perfect meat delivered overnight. Here's what I want you to do. Go to unitedharvest.com. That's unitedharvest.com. And enter the promo code Steve to get 20% off statewide with your order of $50 or more. That's unitedharvest.com. Use the promo code Steve at checkout. If you value quality, flavor, and convenience, check out unitedharvest.com. And be sure to use the promo code Steve to save 20% off your order of $50 or more. Did you ever think this show would... um, I mean, they've tackled stuff in the past and I kind of brought this up today and I'm I'm a little like, I don't know, I'm almost, look, I give Zach and Ben all the credit in the world um, Mm -hmm. for what they've been able to overcome. Uh, Ben with an eating disorder for 15 years and bulimia for 10 and Zach being as bad as he was and as poor of a position as he was in years mm-hmm. ago and how how deep he got into his drug and pill addiction and to be able to get out of it. I'm just a little bit... Um, I'm more put off by the show aspect of it, which is <laughs> every season we get people with these backstories, and it's almost like if you're just a regular person who grew up, you know, whatever, middle-class family, no issues, you didn't have uh, divorced parents, you didn't have drug... Or alcohol abuse somewhere in your family, and you're you're happy with the way things are in your life now. You almost come across as boring on this show. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it sucks for those people because if you because th- you know how this show is, and you know how producers get with tragic backstories. They anybody that has a tragic backstory, whether you think you're going on this show, and I'm like, I'm not going to share that. You one thousand yeah. percent will. They're going to get you to do it. I don't care if they have to lie to you. They're going to get you to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know, I'm just getting tired of it. not And I don't want to come across as I'm tired of Zach and and um, and Ben this season. I'm just tired of so many sob stories, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a balance because I really like how we're, like, obviously I'm going to be happy if we're bringing mental health to the public consciousness, you know? Like, I think it's a great service, and I like knowing more about these men, and... I think what I don't love so much is that someone who's healthy, and you know, has had healthy, you know, the, the boring person you were talking about—they're yeah. not actually boring. It's just when we go on dates, what we usually do instead of trading life stories, I and mean, we do some of that, but normally we trade perspectives. And I don't see a lot of perspective trading on the show. Like I don't, and this is why it can be kind of frustrating when is a fine lead, but I have no idea who she is. I don't know what she believes. I don't know you know what she thinks about because we don't ever get to see that. It's just like Ben tells his story, Tasha has some one sentence long response and then we move on and it's like, okay, so you just made Ben bear his soul and then what did we learn? And like what did we learn about the connection between these two people? So, yeah, it is a little bit of a, a parade of um, bearing people's souls. And I don't know. I didn't have to do that, so I don't know how it feels to be the, be in that position yeah. and if it feels like you've been exploited or not. Um, because it is for viewers. <laughs> you <know>? for sure.
1: <laughs> because, I mean, and that immediately makes the viewers latch on to um, yeah. certain contestants, like, oh my gosh, I love it. Because after you know, last week, what was your opinion of her conversation with Ivan last week? What'd you think of that?
0: I, I mean, I thought, well, first of all, I mean, I thought Ivan was like a really thoughtful, um, really interesting person. And I thought I was like really grateful to see him give his perspective from her. You know, I thought it was interesting because she gave a primarily emotional response. I mean, she was overwhelmed. She was crying for a long time. And so there we saw at least some kind of, we saw some connection. And at least, I mean, like I think we saw saw some real connection. We saw two people who have been hurt sitting in that pain. But it's not like we were going to get an extended back and forth that really like allowed us to learn a lot. I mean, but that's the nature of the show. So I don't know. I mean, what do you think about it?
1: I was glad it was brought up because we just never hear about that stuff ever on this show. The timing of it was good because, you know, for those that don't know, and (laughs) unbelievably enough, plenty of people that have emailed me didn't understand that this show was filmed after um, George Floyd happened. Okay. So I was glad it did. Um, But Ivan asked her specific questions that I don't think she specifically answered. It was. I, I agree. What, yeah. What did you? I I don't want to misquote him here because this is the whole point I'm trying to make. But I almost have to remember exactly his questions. But I know that her answers didn't match up, and it doesn't make her a bad person. I just think maybe she was caught up in the moment and didn't know what to say. But I certainly didn't think I learned a lot from her. Or like you said, I don't know much about Tasha based off of her conversation with Ivan. I do know that she went to. Um, You know, she is of mixed race and she basically went to an all white high school that um, I'm familiar, Mm -hmm. I'm familiar with because I grew up in the same county as she did. I know the high school she went to. It is a bunch of upper class white girls. So I'm sure her experience was, gosh, I'm around people constantly and, you know, high school or your formative years and she's only hanging around with women that don't look like her number one and don't have probably the same things that she does and the experience that she grew up with. And so I get that part, but from what Ivan asked her, which I'm completely blanking on now, I don't remember her answering the question.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I, I had the same thought, you know, like he, I, well, I remember he asked her how have the, how have the events of 2020 affected you? And I think she answered it in the sense that she showed us how it affected her. She had a very emotional, she kind of froze. Um, and i think that that's a i think that that's a legitimate response given i don't know what she's been through you know but she she yeah. I, we can imagine that she's been through a lot um i think in that instance it didn't bother me so much as it does in other instances like i really i kind of felt like the response to ben was totally lacking i mean he 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 told her about something that is extreme i mean eating disorders are one of the most um shameful I mean to the individual like I don't find them shameful but people with eating disorders tend to be extremely ashamed and it's one of the most sensitive disorders to talk about um it's really visceral it's really scary it's really shameful and to hear and especially to hear a man talking cuz not a lot of men have you know eating disorders at least that we know of
1: yeah it's very um, much more a a disorder that is affects that women are more t- likely to be suffering from an eating disorder than men. Sure.
0: Yeah, um, and her response is basically like, "I'm so proud of you for telling me this." It's like there were a couple of other things that we could have said here. <laughs> you know what I mean, like we, you know, there, there, there could have been a real understanding of Ben. You know, like what was it? What was it like going through that period? What? How did it feel for you? I mean. How did you overcome this? What was it like growing up feeling rejected by so many people so that you had to, you felt like you had to develop this disorder, you know? I mean, there's so much to talk about there. And instead it was the classic bachelor uh, transaction of there's his soul. And then you're so brave to have told me that. Thank you. Almost as if, and I think this is maybe also kind of what you're getting at, but it's almost like the contestant owes their soul to the lead. Yeah. Like if, like, if I tell you this, then, you know, th- then I have given my, my sacrifice to you and you know how serious I am when the lead doesn't give them shit all, you know? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> So I don't, it's just, I don't know. That part is kind of icky to me. Like I wish I wish it didn't feel like, okay, you have given me this information. Now we are good. I can give you a rose. You're welcome. Congratulations. And then we move on. Yeah. It's really, you know, it's such fertile ground for such interesting conversations. But then again, there's editing. Like, I don't know if this is Tasha's fault.
1: Yeah. To play devil's advocate, she might've responded with stuff. Totally. We just yeah. didn't get to see it. You know, we, we have no idea. Um, I do.
0: I do think she tends to freeze though in emotional, like when she was on the wedding date with Zach, she was very uncomfortable and she's holding so much back. Like, we didn't see her really say anything about it. So she, she does kind of seem like she has this tendency to, to not kind of give the vulnerability that she asks for, which is okay. You yeah. know, it's
1: just. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard sometimes to talk about this show because if you say, like, oh, God, Taisha, what an answer. He just bared his soul. And you're like, cool, thank you for telling me. Really appreciate you opening up. Here's a rose.
0: And, yeah. then,
1: and then if you attack that, somebody, maybe even her. Could come out and say there was more to the story that you don't know. It's like okay, but I can only go off of what I saw. I don't know every detail that goes on behind this behind the scenes of this show. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, we can reframe it to not be attacking Tasha, but to be attacking the show. You know, I mean, like, show us more, give us.
1: If there was give us the goods, and it might <laughs> and it there, might have there, been there it might have been where all she did right. was say, "Thanks for bearing your soul. Here's a rose." It might have been we. We just don't know. That's why it's like it's almost like you can't even have an opinion anymore about certain things on this show because somebody can say, "Well, how do you know that they didn't do this?" Or how do you know he didn't say that or she didn't say this? And you know, right. it's just it 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 can get really frustrating at times for sure. Guys, I want to talk to you about Monk Pack. Healthy snacks have a bad reputation. Let's be honest; most don't taste very good. They don't fill you up. Certainly, don't satisfy your cravings. This episode, though, is sponsored by Monk Pack. Was crack has cracked the code when it comes to making snacks that taste amazing but have close to no sugar. Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars contain less than one gram of sugar, two to three grams of net carbs, and only 150 calories. They're great for anyone following a keto lifestyle and the perfect snack for anyone who wants to eat better or cut back on sugar and carbs without sacrificing taste. I can say that for myself. I've never been much of a bar person. Then I got these sent to me by Monk Pack, and I love them. And I am trying to cut back on sugar and carbs because you get to the holiday season, you know, workouts sometimes become more infrequent. You're enjoying the holidays. You just want to lay around and be lazy. Um, So, yeah, on the days that I don't work out, I'm trying to eat a lot cleaner. And these Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars definitely help. Perfect balance between sweet and salty. A crunch from whole nuts and seeds, but still manage to be soft and chewy. They come in delicious flavors like pecan, almond, sea salt, dark chocolate, peanut butter, dark chocolate as well. In addition to being keto-friendly, the bars are also gluten-free, plant-based, and non-GMO with no soy, trans-fat, sugar, alcohols, or artificial colors. They taste incredible. You can't beat the nutrition or satisfaction they provide, I'm telling you. Try it for yourself and you'll see. And we have a special deal for you listeners. Get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting MonkPack.com and entering our code Steve at checkout. To get started, just go to MonkPack.com. That's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com and select any product. Then enter the code Steve at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. MonkPack, good food you can count on. We thank them for sponsoring this podcast. I I, yep. I wanted to kind of lighten the mood here a bit <laughs> since we, we, got a, we got pretty deep with that stuff. I, I do want to talk about the The funnier moments from this week's show, which is, um, first off, the Bennett and Noah feud and, you know, everything that went along with it, it it really was kind of similar to me to the Becca and Tia argument from your season where it just was like two people that, you know, they don't. I don't. I don't think Bennett hates Noah. I don't think Noah hates Bennett. I just think when you're in that situation, especially in your, in a bubble where there is no traveling involved this season, mm-hmm. and your focus is on one person, and you're doing the same interviews every day with the same producers, there's just going to be people in the house that rub you the wrong way. It doesn't mean you hate them. It just means like, uh, okay, and you know them again today. Um, yeah. And I'm sure that's the way it was with Tia and Becca because they seem to be fine now, I and mean, I think they are. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> But, I don't know, but um, but the, their argument and their debate to when it was down to five women and it was basically who's going to get that fourth hometown Tia or Becca? It was just well, I don't think she's here for the right reasons. She's not old enough. She hasn't been through enough. And you know, it's kind of what Bennett is saying to Noah. It's almost the same thing. He's just like, but he's coming across way more condescending to totally. me than than yeah. than Tia did to Becca. Um, so your thoughts? The same well, on that, pretty much.
0: Well, first of all, I haven't seen Noah do anything wrong. Like, I don't, they were, last week, everyone was mean to him. I was like, what is going on? And it was so dumb because he went and he told her, I, I don't know when, I don't know, I'm guessing this is producer driven, but like, it's so frustrating when a guy is getting beat up in the house and he really legitimately seemed to be getting beat up. And then he goes to Tasha, and she's like, how are you? And he's like, well, actually, I'm not very good because people are mean to me. <laughs> and, and then he's looked at as a tattletale, you, basically. Yeah. And they're saying that you didn't give me this rose because you mean it. And then she's like, OK, now I'm going to completely throw this guy under the bus and go fuck over <laughs> so like, him and talk to the entire house and say what he said. And then everyone was like, you're such a liar. How could you say that? you'll never end up with her. She just gave you that. Rose. It's like, you're just saying exactly what he told her you've been saying. Yeah. And, but then it was like, Taisha, why are you making this a t- big deal? Cause then she wouldn't gave a rose to Ed. And it's clearly that was producer driven.
1: Yeah. I. I <sighs> the whole thing. I mean, with Bennett, if you look at Bennett and Noah, I mean, the words that came out of his mouth last night, which is all we can go off of. Clearly yeah. very narcissistic, self-absorbed, totally. condescending, like, I went, you know, you can make the jokes about, oh, my God, Bennett can't stop talking about the fact he went to Harvard. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, because he keeps saying it and he keeps bringing it up and using it in his arguments as to why he doesn't think Noah will win. He thinks Noah is beneath him. You know, for him to say last night that having a conversation with someone 11 years younger than you, that's like me being 25 and having a conversation with a 14-year-old. Uh no. I'm so good. No, no, it's Sorry, insane. it's not the same thing. A fourteen-year-old is not nearly as well developed as a twenty-five-year-old. You know, talking to a thirty-six-year-old. Sorry, you know. It's yeah, just...
0: I mean, Bennett seems like. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen like a ton of sophisticated thinking or arguments from him. He's just an asshole yeah. <laughs> to no one, at least. And if, if a woman did that shit on this, I'm the last person to call sexist, but. If a woman kept bringing up that she went to Harvard, she would be destroyed. By, oh, she'd be by eviscerated Twitter.
1: by by social yeah. media. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like he's getting a, I I guess he's getting away with it because, you know, women think he's hot and he's got a really sharp draw line, I guess. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> t- take away. I mean, just take away his. like I mean, I guess you could do that. this for a lot of people in the franchise who seem to get the benefit of the doubt, but take away there are obviously there are plenty of people out there that think Bennett is a really good looking guy if you were to take away his looks and put him on a scale looks wise that he was like a four or a five and he did exactly what he did on last night's episode he'd probably be getting way more heat than he is it's you know you're making excuses because you think he's hot and that shouldn't be a reason you make excuses for somebody who literally is going after Noah and look I get that the gift before the two on one date was completely producer generated. He didn't think of that mm-hmm. himself and somebody convinced him that would be a good idea, but you know, ultimately it is on you dude to maybe be yeah. like, I don't think this is a good idea to present him with a book on emotional intelligence and then tell him he's deficient in three of the four qualities of emotional intelligence. And um,
0: yeah, I right. mean, I can attest the producers don't make you do anything. Yeah. Maybe the lead they do. I don't know, but it's not like I was ever forced to do anything on the show that I didn't want to do, you know? I mean, and at the end of the day, even if they do encourage you to do something, once you're there in, you know, in the scene, you don't have to go through with it. No one's forcing your hand.
1: So I know, I, but there is there is this whole notion of, I don't know, what you want to call it, playing the game, which is yeah. you kind of, while they are not forcing you to do it, they are making it seem like if you don't, there are going to be consequences. So it's almost like they're forcing you to do it. I mean.
0: I, I don't know. I, I wasn't. I, maybe I was, you're not a good I'd, example. Yeah. I'd be interested to talk to like Becca for my season or someone who was. More, Kufrin, Kufrin
1: or Martinez.
0: Uh, Martinez. Sorry. Yeah. Or or Crystal. You know, someone. Becca was so naturally entertaining good with the camera that I'm not sure how much producers like needed to encourage her, but I was not someone they were making airtime deals with. Like they, you know, they weren't trying to prop up my airtime because I was entertaining. I feel like there's two routes you can go with a show. One is you can go to win the show. So you concentrate on your relationship with the lead and you stay out of drama. And then you can go the airtime route where you cut deals with producers, you do what they suggest, you know, you you beef up the drama and the entertainment factor in the early episodes, and then you'll probably get eliminated. But you'll get a lot of Instagram followers, and you'll get to see yourself on TV, which is cool. Yeah. So,
1: and it so seems, yeah. I guess. And it seems like Lauren from your season now, Lauren Lyondike, mm-hmm. went the route uh, the first route, which was I'm just here to win. Totally. She didn't involve herself in anything. She barely got any camera time outside of the dates that she was on. So mm-hmm. it seemed like you know, and that was and. You know, and it ultimately ended up leading to her, quote unquote, winning. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I just I, I get when contestants, certain contestants from the show will say producers don't make you do anything, but they kind of do. <laughs> you know, I mean, if, if they're telling you if, if they're telling you in an ITM, which I know that you've heard this story that, um, you know, I'm not we're not going to let you go to sleep until you give us a soundbite.
0: They're basically yeah, they're
1: basically making you do it. Yeah,
0: that that that's true.
1: Yeah. That is true. Yeah. So so yeah, they are. Um, I, but yeah, but I, you also have to take into account the people that actually say that from this franchise. Which people are saying producers don't make you anything? Is no? it the people that get no. episodes in advance and who have podcasts who get guests from this show? Probably. Mm -hmm. you know those are the ones that are 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 kind of sticking up on production side that that say that but we all know what happens and you know i mean it's different every season it's different for every contestant some contestants they just push more yeah yeah
0: because they didn't do that shit with me
1: (laughs) yeah and that's insane like you were someone that did not have to deal with any of that producer manipulation yeah Yeah. even down in paradise right i mean there wasn't anything like okay perfect example just out of curiosity when Mm -hmm. you went down to paradise um, did you have an idea of who you wanted to ask out versus who you ended up asking out, which was Kenny?
0: No, there was nobody there that I liked. Oh. I mean, I tried asking out Colton first, and he rejected me.
1: Oh, that's right. But know. I didn't really want to go out
0: with Colton. I mean, it, my, that was not a very good – I don't think that was a very good male cast season. I don't even remember.
1: I mean, I, mean, I can't remember who was <laughs> – I'd have to look at the – what was that? That was season five, right? uh yeah yeah Yeah. that was the second to last one we've had okay so uh i'm just gonna pull it up real quick on on uh wikipedia and just look at some of the guys names on this all right let's see here wills
0: oh he's cool i've never met him but he seems cool (laughs) i think he was gone by the time i got there though yeah. I mean, Kenny was awesome. Like, I'm super glad I went out with Kenny. But, I mean, the other the four people I got to talk to were Colton, who, as it turns out, is a stalker. Um, Eric Bigger, who was dating someone at the time. Kenny, who's awesome. And then David, the chicken dude, who yeah. was, I don't know. Yeah. And then the other, like, the other single person was Chris, who, Chris Randone.
1: And he, yeah, he wasn't single very long. He had just gone out no. with Tia and then immediately latched on with Crystal. Um, but, yeah, some of the names from your season. Kenny, Leo, God forbid anybody got involved with that guy. Uh, right. David, Conor Obrachda, who is now, like, just a reality show whore, just does every reality show appearance he can. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Benoit, oh, God, Benoit went down there. I totally forgot about that. But you Are you sure we're talking about
0: the same season? Yeah, uh-huh. I'm, re-
1: I'm reading off the cast uh, from season five. I'm just re- reading off the guys: Colton, Benoit, uh, Eric Bigger, oh, uh, Grocery yeah. Joe, Diggy, John Graham, Robbie Hayes. I mean, sh- he showed up late. And then uh, yeah, uh, Kevin went uh, with that. You know, Astrid's fiance, yeah. Camille, uh, Jordan Kimball, Chris Randone, and then your guy, your guy from New yeah. Zealand, Jordan.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Which was, you know, that was you guys ended up, you know, briefly having a fling after that, but you never saw him on that show, right? We no. yeah, were never there at the same time as him. No. Yeah did he did he DM slide you? Is that how you guys got
0: involved? No, I some, DM slide him. Oh, that's DM right. Slid DM slide him. Yeah, we, I mean, we were going to Burning Man. it was just like, talk oh, to this that's, guy. Oh, that's
1: that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, I mean. Look, I, I think it just, like you said, it comes down to different individuals, and, you know, I think I think we know who are the ones that kind of play the game when it comes to this show, and who are production's favorites throughout the year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it happens, and I just thought the Bennett-Noah whole thing just was silly, like you said because it was really over a lot of nothing and nothing we don't haven't seen before a hundred times before on the show. It's just like, okay, he's the younger of the guys and uh, he's one of the youngest in the group, but he's getting attention from Tasha because she gave him the group date rose on a group date. He wasn't even a part of, and, you know, it's just like, okay, this Which is, there's nothing
0: right. wrong with that. Yeah. It's also dumb. No, I, I like Noah. I think he's cool. I mean, I will say like, I think some of the extremely manipulative remarks that Ben takes are kind of interesting to watch. But I hope Noah doesn't
1: get sent home on this. I mean, I don't know. Do you want to know the spoiler, Jacqueline?
0: Um, Sure.
1: No, she keeps Noah over Bennett. Oh,
0: good. Okay.
1: So, yeah. And, And gosh, just watching it last night, you're almost like, how could she not? You know, granted, she wasn't there for that whole argument between Noah and Bennett. But the last thing we saw her say is, what is this gift? You know, what is this doing here? And I'm sure he's going to have to tell her uh, this, the whole thing was stupid. Oh, here's a bandana. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's mustache socks. Here's a book mm. on emotional intelligence. It's like, oh, my God. That I already wore, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Like, how did he think? How did he? I, I guess he wasn't thinking, but good God, for a guy who went to Harvard, he did not think ahead of how that was going to come across on television. There was no other way for that to look other than you look like a condescending asshole. Well,
0: which is funny when you're giving someone an emotional intelligence book.
1: And apparently he's wrong. There's more than there's five parts to emotional intelligence. Not (laughs)
0: funny. So it wasn't even
1: right about that part. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was almost like producers were throwing this to him and he didn't even really bother to research it. And, um, yeah, I I just don't I don't buy his act at all. Um, And I'm glad he's going home. But,
0: I feel I feel bad for saying he's not that smart. He could be really smart. He just doesn't seem super secure in his intelligence, I guess.
1: Yeah, and it's very possible. Yeah. And we, we're not gonna. We don't know. We're very surface level as an audience on what Bennett right. is all about. Very surface right. level. I don't know. Anything I mean, he's about a
0: super successful past. guy. I'm sure he's. Yeah, it's just Maybe. a lot of insecurity.
1: Maybe we'll get to know more about him down in uh, in Paradise because he absolutely one thousand percent will be down there, <laughs> unless. <laughs> yeah. And this is the next point I want to talk about. I brought this up jokingly. I had actually texted you about this over the weekend or something like that, whenever it was, um, that I had heard. In fact, I know that there are at least three guys from this season, and I'm not going to name names. I don't want to throw these guys under the bus because I don't know them, Uh, know who they are personally, but I know the names of who did this. But there are three guys that have already reached out to, other alumni from this show and asked, how do they handle all the women that are DMs? Right <laughs> One even going as far as to say, I've gotten so many nudes. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with it. Um, it's, it's funny. It's, it's a really interesting dynamic of this show because we know it happens. This isn't the first season that it's happened. This is kind of the first season I've heard about the guys openly asking alumni, dude, what do I do? Um, yeah. But for your experience, because I don't think it happens the other way around, really. As a woman on this show, did a bunch of dudes just be like, yeah, here's my dick, you know?
0: Mm, Marie and Mikkel got a lot of dick pics. I really? I think I got one, maybe, and that's it. Um, I know Kendall got one, at least. But it's not, I mean, it's not like, I don't think our, their inboxes were like flooded with them. But even the I'm taking not.
1: the dick pic part out of it, just are the DMs flooded with guys saying, would love to go out with you sometime.
0: I mean there's definitely a lot of that it's just it it was all noise because when you're a woman I mean at least for me I'm thinking more about my safety than maybe some guy who's getting a nude is. Yeah. And I'm and, and I'm just I don't know, I'm not like looking to like jump into not like like looking to like leap into bed with a thousand guys, you know? Yeah. So when I get all these DMs in my Instagram, I want to know what they look like, what their personality like, where they live. I mean, if someone jumped in my DM and had a public profile and was good looking and had lived in New York at the time and had an interesting job and his captions were, you know nice interesting whatever I'd be like okay great and actually I did go out with there was one guy who slid in my dms he had a private profile but then he got his girl friend like his female friend to dm me and she sent him like some she sent me some video of him doing something on the beach that had something to do with me I don't know and she was like will you please go out with my friend he's really cool he's a dentist he's from i don't know he like he's really nice i can vouch for him and then so i got in touch with him and he wound up flying to new york to take me on a date and it was fun i mean that was just a one time thing but you know so it was kind of funny because recently this guy who i guess like followed me on instagram there was some there was some girl that i think recaps the bachelor or something that he has a crush on and he was like would you dm her and tell her that i'm interested so and i was like well that worked on me so sure so i dm'd her and i was like hey i don't really know this guy but he's you know he's been nice from my experience and he's really interested in you and i thought it was sweet and she you know she reached out to him so I think it's a good idea if you get your girlfriends to <laughs> vouch, for you. vouch for you. But otherwise, like, I'm not going to answer 100 DMs from, like, random faceless profiles, you know? They're, like, scary men that I don't know what their intentions are. I don't know who they are. And I'm not going to waste my time having the conversations to find out and then just, you know what I mean? So Yeah,
1: um, I think it is way different for a guy on this show who gets – who can see? Especially if a girl's profile is public, it's just like, oh wow, look at the way she looks. Oh wow, she's right. hitting on me. Like it doesn't. Right there at that point, it's like, oh my gosh, I need to make plans to see her. Like there's no, there's no thinking of, well, wow, I really want to get to know her on a personal level and an intellectual level. Like, <laughs> Totally different the other way around for guys, you know. At least well, that and, age, I would.
0: And the fan base is overwhelmingly female, so they're just gonna get more women by virtue of that alone. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah. I
1: almost want to say out there, like, look, if you are one of these women that is throwing yourself at, whether it's one of Tasha's men or any men in the past season, and they are conversing with you, just know that you're not the only one. <laughs> in fact, you're probably yeah. one of many that they're emailing back, trying, even if they're saying how much they're into you and they want to hook up with you, trust me, <laughs> you ain't the only one um, because they are getting bombarded. And I just... I've heard too many stories over the years to be like, oh yeah, no, these guys are all after one woman. They're looking for that one woman, that perfect one, to randomly go into their DMs, and they're going to stop, you know, chasing tail of of all the other ones that are in there too. Like it's just, it's not happening, unfortunately. Sorry, ladies. Um, What was last? What was the last thing I wanted to talk to you about? I totally blanked. Crap. Do you have anything you want to talk about? (laughs) <laughs> i totally blanked um
0: uh, oh, shit. oh shit sorry my home phone is ringing
1: you, you... you have a home phone i That's don't sorry i'm
0: i'm visiting my parents and they have a home oh, oh. god i can't escape it oh you're home wait, it's gonna be gone in a second
1: wait do they have oh okay
0: <laughs> yeah it won't end i don't know why they have this it's all spam calls Okay, it's over.
1: It's a home phone. I don't even know what that know. is. Like what are those things? I,
0: I know. I, I don't understand.
1: I was half expecting an answering machine to pick up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait where? They both have cell phones. It's not like there's any reason for this.
1: Oh really? Yeah. Where where do your parents live? Where are you right now?
0: Charleston, South Carolina. Did I know that? Uh, Charleston.
1: I thought you were I, I you were I thought you were a uh mountaineer. So a West I am.
0: I am. They moved here like, I don't know, under ten years ago or something. But I spent mine. I was born and raised until college in West Virginia. What part? Morgantown. So oh, Mountaineers.
1: Okay. So yeah, you were. Yeah. You were definitely a mountain. And then you went. Didn't you go to UW?
0: Mm, nope. I went to University of Virginia, so I went right next door. Oh, that's
1: right. You went to Virginia.
0: Yeah. But But my parents were professors at WVU, and my brother went to WVU, so um, I've got a lot of Mountaineer love and pride.
1: So why didn't you go to WVU?
0: Um, I mean, frankly, because my parents were very, especially my mom, was, like, really obsessed with college and brand name college, and she went to Duke, and there was a lot of pressure to go to Duke, and I didn't get in. Which was why it's so weird that I wound up there for grad school. But um, you know, I just like it was just a really big value in my life was to like go to the best college ever. Which I think I will not probably pass on to my own kids in the same way. I Mm -hmm. don't think college, and especially where you went to college, maybe matters as much as I was led to believe.
1: Yeah, I I can see that, especially nowadays. I think I think maybe back when you and I well you're you know, you're significantly younger than me, forget it um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, when I went to college, but yeah in, in the odds after two thousand five, maybe it doesn't seem it's as big of a deal, and then obviously, with covid going on now and people not even having the to get the college experience like I think people i I think that all kids should go away to college, not everybody can, I get that not everybody yeah. can afford to, but Living on living away from home for four years and and being dependent on yourself and teaching yourself to get up and go to class and handle things on your own for four years and and just being in that environment living in a dorm um, meeting a bunch of people I, I just think it's one of the best things anybody can do and i would i would suggest it to anybody even if it's in your hometown doesn't necessarily mean you have to leave your state or leave your uh, city um, but just to get away and live on your own for four years and to and do experience college i think is invaluable.
0: A hundred percent. I also think that, like, I, like small colleges are really overlooked. My, I mean, I went to UVA and I liked it, but I graduated not having taken a single psychology class because I had no idea I wanted to be a therapist. So I had to basically go to College of Charleston to get in-state tuition and like paid for year classes, and it was an awesome experience. Like. The professors were the one teaching the classes, not TAs. Um, A lot of individualized attention. I was able to get ahead really easily because I was motivated. And it's like, you know, but College of Charleston isn't, you know, promoted in the same way as these larger universities are. So whatever. I mean, I just I think people should make these decisions considering things like finances and fit instead of brand name.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I mm-hmm. went to a small college. We had less than 5,000 undergrads. Mm-hmm. And when when I got into my junior and senior year, you know, my classes in my communications major were no more than 15 people. Um, yeah. So it was great. I mean, a lot of individualized attention and it was great. Never had even my intro to psych classes in college were. Yeah, they were 100 or so, but it wasn't like auditorium seating where freshman intro to psych at a public college, you have a thousand people in your class. Like I never would have gone, yeah. I never would have gone to class if that, if I went to a school like that, I just couldn't, I I had to go to a small school or else I would have really probably been in trouble.
0: Yeah. I didn't do that well at EVA. I got like pretty average. I mean, I got like a three, four GPA, So it was like good, I guess, but you know, like I, it was way, it was way easier to excel at college or Charleston. And half of that was just that I was more motivated, but, um, I don't know. I mean, and then like you have TAs, great. Like I I was just a TA and I know how kind of, I don't know, I kind of want to put out a PSA to all young college students that if you get a bad grade on something, it may be because your TA was given like a day to grade 50 finals <laughs> and like <laughs> it was given a vague rubric and had to do their best. You know, it's just, uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, it's. I had this conversation with, uh, who was it? Was it Olivia a couple weeks ago on the podcast? I can't remember who I was having it with, but I was just talking about, like, yeah, I just have no interest in ever going back and sitting in a class. I haven't been in a classroom since I graduated college in 1997. But I said, you know what? I think I would be almost now, I would be be more interested in sitting in on a class and not taking it for a grade or not taking it towards a degree. But I'd be interested in sitting in, in on one or even... You know, being brought in as a a guest speaker on whatever, podcasting or reality TV, (laughs) uh, whatever. Just as somebody in the media that has a small niche audience that, uh, hey, would love to give any knowledge or insight that I could give to college students who may be interested in that route. Um,
0: Steve, I know what I want to talk about. Oh, what? If you have time. Well, it was interesting because you said you're so interested in empathy right now, but... You're, but I think you're in a really interesting position to talk about empathy because you spoil a lot of people's personal lives, um, but also I think advocate for people not then trashing those people, and then you take a lot of heat. And I don't know. It's just I just wanted to hear your thoughts on like the role of empathy in Bachelor Nation. Well, I mean, I think,
1: I mean, I can't pinpoint an exact year, but cool. I'd say within the last if you take 3 years out mm-hmm. uh before that i probably lacked a hell of a lot of empathy <laughs> when it came mm-hmm. to when it came to this show and these contestants um i've definitely changed my tune um and i i think it's obvious the biggest factor was the jenna story and you know you haven't been on the you haven't been on the podcast since february yeah and it was literally a couple weeks after i talked to you when i and the last time you were on the podcast was when you and fp came on together Back mm-hmm. in February and literally two weeks later was when I got that call Damn. or email from Jenna um, yeah. telling me about, hey, this is my situation. This is everything. And, um, you know, I was open to listening to her and, you know, it it's the biggest mistake I've ever made. Uh, uh, you know, I, I can give away a wrong spoiler. There's there's a difference between giving away a wrong spoiler. Um, yeah. That than doing what I did with Jenna. Um, mm-hmm. which was just not enough background checking and not enough research. And I should have been way more thorough than I was. And in the process, really fucked things up for her. And so I, I made it as bad. Be- I mean, at that point, after everything that had happened and Jenna came to me a year and a half later, the only thing I could do at that point was what I did, which was give her a voice on the podcast. Delete, that was
0: huge. Yeah, d-
1: Delete everything that I ever wrote about it. And mm-hmm. and just say, I'm sorry, I, I I people still give me shit to this day for it. Anytime I say yeah. anything about a contestant, well, well, how do you know, Steve, you were wrong about Jenna? It's like, look, I don't know what you want me to say at this point. I've done what I can to correct that mistake. I'm trying to be better. That's it. Um, yeah, it's just um, it is a fine line because we get I get in a situation where I get told numerous things every season about numerous contestants. And now it's just come down to picking and choosing what is relevant to the show and what uh, do i think people should know when i hear somebody say that oh my god i had sex with that guy a week before he left for filming three years ago i probably would have posted that now i don't give a shit like it's like i'm sorry i mean if he did that to you it sucks but that's not a story for me anymore i can't post that because i'd be posting that nonstop with the amount of stories like that i get about the guys or even i think i had had sex with
0: someone three weeks before filming so i'm glad you don't post that anymore (laughs) yeah i mean i
1: just it's it's but three years ago for whatever reason i guess either i wasn't getting it as much or it wasn't as common but at this point now i hear it so much that this guy ghosted me and this guy dated me and I, he promised me the world, and all of a sudden now I didn't hear from him, and then I found out I saw he's on the next season of The Bachelor. I'm like, or Bachelorette. I was like, okay, well, mm-hmm. um, we have to see. It, he might be relevant. If he gets to the end, then we'll talk. Or, But, you know, they tell me sometimes when the cast list comes out, and I'm sitting there going, okay, we just have to – I have to take a wait-and-see approach because if he's mm-hmm. a – sorry, there's a pecking order when it comes to the show. If he, somebody gets eliminated on the first night, it's not relevant that he ghosted you two weeks ago. I'm sorry. It's just He's just not. Uh um, Would you
0: care though even if he won if he like if he ghosted some chick 2 weeks before this sh- and they weren't in like some serious relationship?
1: Well, that's where it that's where it comes down to a case by case basis because the whole thing that happened with Jed is a huge deal. And that's exactly, you know, Hannah Brown ended up proposing to a guy who literally left for the show with a girlfriend telling her he'd be, you know, to wait for him. She, I, I guarantee if Hannah Brown knew that during filming, she never would have proposed to Jed or she never would have allowed Jed Wyatt to be her final one. No way. Yeah. But I couldn't. I mean, obviously, I don't have that access to Hannah Brown during filming, but that's why I went with that story and put that woman on my podcast because she needed to tell her story about how bad it was. It wasn't just like, oh, him him and I were kind of seeing each other. This was a guy that literally texting her as he was getting on the plane, texted her once he landed in L.A. saying, wait for me. Like, there's a difference between what Jed did And I guess some of the other randoms that are just like, yeah, I was hanging out with her and maybe I should have been a little more open, but I wasn't. And, you know, kind of went on the show. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's for me now, as opposed to immediately running with it or just be like, oh, wow, this is good stuff. Now Mm -hmm. it's turned into a case by case basis of how relevant is this? How serious were was the couple? And was it more than just a hookup or. You know. I mean,
0: to to be honest, even if people are saying, well, how do you know, Steve, or what you did to Jenna, it's like, good, you should have that skepticism when you read something like this. Like, it's, I would rather, you know, even if you post something that's true, like, I, like, personally do not give a shit about people's personal lives. Like, you know, if if you had a girlfriend up till 20 minutes before the show started, whatever. Like, as long, you know, he broke up and she knows what you're doing, whatever. Um, but it's like... Even if that's true, what's the point in a bunch of rabid fans just, like, then going and piling on them? And, I mean, Jed's, like, people are coming up to his family members <laughs> and screaming at them. Yeah. You know, so I think it's good to just be like, well, maybe I, I don't actually know if this is true. And I, you know, don't have to take this so seriously. Like, God, I was looking at the comments on Claire's photos. Ugh. I, like, really, I've never met Claire, but I really think she's great TV and I like, <laughs> I really hope she works out <laughs> with tail. Um, Cause I think she wears her heart on her sleeve and um, she believes like everything she says so much. Um, and I, I was watching this pile on in these comments and I'm like, why do you care so much? Why did you wake up this morning and think to yourself, I think I'm going to make someone's day worse today. I think I'm going to go hurt someone. That's what I'm going to do with my day.
1: Yeah. No, it's so. it's it's amazing the toxic bachelor nation that we are now that that we're now a part of. Just because I don't understand the pile on mentality, and I get it if something negative comes out about somebody, but it doesn't mean you have to cancel them publicly. Just I don't know, cancel them in your own head. Just be like, I just don't want to think about that guy or yes. think about that girl. You don't have to go write mean shit on their Instagram page or DM them. Even if you don't want people to see what you're saying to them, they're still seeing it. I mean, you know, we can talk about, I mean, I don't really want to talk about it. It's been beaten to death enough this week, but you know, what happened with Ashley this week? uh, Oh my God. And the fact that, you know, you've seen what she's posted on Instagram of Mm -hmm. some of the harassment that she's gotten from the anti-vax community. It's just unreal to me that somebody can't put their thought about vaccinations aside for someone who just lost a child like yeah you can think that that's fine if that's what you think i personally are they don't still agree Going with it.
0: after her are they still I don't, going after her? i
1: have no idea because ashley okay. hasn't been posting but they did the day after it happened you know
0: oh my god
1: and she posted are you serious oh yeah no they posted it she posted it since last thursday since Ugh. she's had to go through this and you know, she posted it tagging Facebook and Instagram telling them this is straight up harassment. How are you not, you know, but there's, I guarantee there's so many people every day that, um, you know, send stuff to Instagram like this is wrong. This is around, I get, I get that there's a lot of people that they're probably sifting through a lot and probably nothing will be done to those people's accounts. And even if those accounts are eliminated by Instagram, if those people are that mean, they're probably petty enough to just start up a new one and just create a new account and you know go from there um but it just sucks and
0: yeah we don't understand it
1: you know we don't understand it ashley is an extreme case but just even going to shit like even even all the shit we've talked about bennett in this podcast and i think he's mm-hmm. self-absorbed and narcissistic um i would never I feel i
0: already feel bad <laughs> yeah, I, I
1: wouldn't i wouldn't i don't wish ill will upon the guy i don't yeah want him to rot in hell i don't want him to you know, never reproduce or have a marriage or children well, someday? You know, like the, some of the, the things thing people say. The about the show,
0: I, I bet I would hang out with Ben in real life. I bet he's actually a cool guy. And I bet he is really smart. And I bet, you know, he has really good values and everything. But the show can kind of bring out the worst in you sometimes because there's people celebrating, you know, like, just say that snarky thing. Just say it. Come on. It's honest. You know, just say it. Yeah. And kind of, you know, encouraging childish behavior and encouraging all this. And so, I mean, that's all I'm reacting to. It's like, come on, Bennett, you're blaming some guy for not having emotional intelligence and then you're doing this. But that's why people really need to, like, take a second to not care so much. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, there's that. a difference between criticism and hate. And, mm-hmm. you know, snarking is not hate. Snarking is, is criticism and it's or making fun because there's so much to make fun of totally on this show that i just think that people take it way too far and i've seen that just in recent seasons just in what i write about my columns like i mean if you were to if people actually went back and read some of the stuff i wrote four five ten years ago it, it it's not even the same person it's just like i can't believe i wrote some of the stuff that i did it was bad it was terrible i'll be the first to admit a, it it was awful that,
0: that's the thing about cancel culture though it's like we have, we've lost this idea of redemption, you know? I mean, you were probably a huge dick 10 years ago, you know, but like you're able to apologize and learn. And this whole Jenna thing, I mean, I think, you know, we had a real beef about it back in the day, but I think it takes being a man to stand up and, or, you know, or being a one being an adult to stand up and say like, look, I, I did wrong and, I'm going to have her on and I'm going to fully take responsibility and learn from it and go forward. Like, that's tremendous.
1: And you know, you know, the crazy thing about the Jenna thing is now, I mean, not even crazy. I mean, the story itself was crazy, but what's funny to me when just talking about it right now, that that was actually in February of 2020, like that literally seems it was two years ago. Like I actually had to do a double take in my head. Like, wait a second, was that actually February of this year? And it Mm -hmm. was like, I can't believe Like (laughs) I thought it was last year. 2019, but it wait. Yeah, it was this year, right? <laughs> That's when it happened, right? Right before COVID, right? Or time I, moves fast in Bachelor World. Am I totally wrong on this, or no?
0: No, I think you were. No, I think you were right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe I can't remember when the Jenna stuff happened. Hold on a second, I need to look at this because I <laughs> I want to make sure I'm absolutely 100 correct. But um you
0: are correct because I was in Durham at the time, and I've only been there for a year and a half, and it was. Winter. That's right.
1: Okay, yeah, Jacqueline yeah. and Jacqueline and FP were on. You guys were on February twentieth, and then I had uh, Jenna on April sixteenth.
0: Man, thanks for having me on four times, Steve. I was supposed to stop watching this shit. Yeah, Claire <laughs> stuff is just too juicy. Reeled me back
1: in. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah. So yeah. Jenna. <laughs> Jenna contacted me shortly after I did the interview with you and FP and then we ended up doing the podcast on April 16th of this year. Holy shit. That literally seems like it was a year and a April 18th of 16th of 2019. <laughs> that was during the pandemic that I did that with Jenna? Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Um but yeah, I I among other things that are crazy about that whole story. You know, I, and look, when you and I talked about it, all you would always say to me would be, "Steve, are you sure?" Like you never really put up too
0: much of a fight. Are you kidding me? I said over and over again that she didn't do it, and I gave you reasons that she didn't do it. No, but you, like, kept, but, you I'd seen.
1: but your basic premise was, "Look, well, yeah, you you absolutely enforced every time that we spoke. I don't think she did this, but she, hey, she could be lying to me, Steve. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's always possible. Yeah, it's always possible." But, yeah, you were very adamant, and you would just say, are you sure, because this is not the Jenna that I know. Mm
0: -hmm. And I
1: would be like, I don't know what to tell you, Jacqueline. I'm telling you. like, This is – you haven't seen what I've seen. You didn't talk to who I talked to. And then, obviously, that ended up being different. Um, But, yeah, I just – the whole thing is –
0: Yo, this online harassment stuff, though, I mean, it's crazy being a Bachelor contestant. My boyfriend received an explicit photo of me – from some anonymous source. And it could have been someone from my past. But after what happened to Jenna and after who, like the person started that crazy rumor of me two years ago, I'm just like, I feel like I'm just looking behind my shoulder all the time. <laughs> you know, like it, this shit has got to stop. Like, I don't, I mean, after like how crazy it was with Jenna, it's like there's an army of people out there who are just trying to destroy lives in Bachelor Nation. I'm out. <laughs> It's I, it's crazy.
1: I forgot about that. Your boy, you did tell me that. Yeah. But you still don't know to this day where that picture came from.
0: I think it came from my email. I got like I got a notification that my password had been compromised like two days before it happened. Or it could have been. Oh. I mean, I don't know. Could have been jealous girlfriend of.
1: And I don't the, know. And the and your when your boyfriend got the picture of you the email mm-hmm. that sent it to him was obviously not traceable.
0: He deleted it forever immediately. Cause it was extremely traumatic for him. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know. But like, I'm just saying like, I, I don't know if, I don't know if it was bachelor related at all, but the fact that someone tried to destroy my reputation in the past and then did destroy Jenna's reputation. And I know it was like, I mean, it sounds like it was like an army of people. Yeah. It's just, it's like scary to go on the show now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there that are just looking to jump and, and pounce when they see somebody that, you know, you know, one thing that I've gotten, and this is something that I have stayed away from and I never really went with it even when I was in my bad times, whatever, you know, three years out or whatever is this girl or this guy bullied me in middle school. It's like, it's like, I don't look, I'm not saying I'm, I don't believe that they bullied you in middle school, but exactly what does that have to do with them now i i can't I can't condemn a i don't know twenty five to twenty seven year old girl who just got cast on the next season of The Bachelor because someone said fifteen years ago she bullied her at school like because yeah. there's no again not saying that I don't believe the bullying happened, it probably did, but it's almost like okay, in what form did it happen she did she just call you names? Because I'm sorry, in middle school, that's kind of what everybody did. Not that it makes yeah. it right, but I, I'm not going to be like, oh, so-and-so on Matt, you know, Matt James' season of The Bachelor is a total bitch because she called someone a loser in seventh grade. Like, no. Like, what right. was the bullying consisting of? And then most of those people obviously to this day can't prove it. So it's like, well, I don't, <laughs> what do you want me to do with this? Like, I'm supposed to cancel this girl or tell, or tell my giant, you know, niche audience Oh, by the way, this girl that you might like on Matt James season, yeah, she pulled a girl's hair in, in sixth grade. You know, it's like I, I don't, I don't know.
0: You know. Well, it's also like, okay, so she did a bad thing. What about the good things she's done? You know, I mean, it'd be interesting if we had a on the pros and cons. Like, okay, you know, she fucked someone three days before coming on the show, but also started a charity helping <laughs> whoever. <laughs> like, it's this culture now where we become the totality of our of our um, bad behavior and it's like, but we're, we're much, much, much more than that. We do so much more good than bad usually.
1: Yeah. And I'm guessing if something happened in middle school, this person has had some redeeming things that they've done since middle school when they, you know, I think one of the ones that I heard was like, she forced me to transfer. I ended up having to transfer to another school because it got so bad. Okay. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. I'm sorry. That sucked. And I'm sorry. That sucks. I'm sorry. It happened to you. But I can't prove that, and I'm not saying I don't believe you, but without any proof, what am I supposed to do like what do you so the fact that someone is even taking the time to tell me fifteen twenty years ago I was bullied by this girl who's now on the show, okay um, mm-hmm. I don't know I, I I don't know what I'm supposed to do or I, I know I know I'm not gonna like put it out there for everyone to know, but I don't know what that person wants. Me to do what? What is their goal out of all this? To get as many Vengeance. people, yeah, yeah. T- to get as many people to not like that girl because of what she did to you in middle school. It's like okay, but they're not going to care. Most people, ninety nine percent of the people, are not going to care that somebody forced you to transfer schools in seventh grade because she was mean to you. It's just not sorry. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I wish that people under would take into consideration scope. I mean, even the Jed thing, like I. Feel actually a lot of anger towards the girl because if she really wanted to do this for Hannah, she could have DM'd Hannah or DM'd a producer or I don't know, just gotten some other like. I understand that he hurt her and that he was a dick, but now, like, what he went through was just of an order of magnitude greater than what she went through. <laughs> I mean, he lost his fiance, he was humiliated on TV, his parents and family were attacked in the streets. Um, he was mocked mercilessly. Like, you know, it's just I wish people would think before they decide to tear down another person, because when you're in the spotlight, you know, it's addictive and delicious and you want more and more and more like it. But also it can ruin your life. And you start, you know, constantly watching your back and being paranoid and knowing that people want to hurt you and want to wake up every day and say something mean to you and I don't know, it's just, I was lucky because, well, I was I was lucky and unlucky. Everyone knows I wanted more followers, I wanted more, whatever. But it also meant that I didn't get the abuse that some of the others got. Yeah. It's, it's, it's scary. It's
1: almost like a PSA we can put out for the women that are about to be, I mean, Matt James has already filmed his season, but these women will become the new quote-unquote class of contestants that are being introduced to America starting in January 4th is that I hope these women understand what them what they got themselves into. Stuff is going to air that's going to make them seem a certain way which is going to elicit a response out of a certain viewing audience. Stuff might mm-hmm. not air that you feel vindicates you on certain things. But just right. know with as many good perks as it comes comes out of being on this show, there are plenty plenty of negative ones that you're going to have to deal with. And they might not yeah. even be true. Things might get said about you that are posted online, whether it's on dumb Reddit or, you know, any sort of message board where it could be something totally factually incorrect about you, but is immediately taken as fact because somebody behind a screen name posted it. Just know it could happen. So,
0: well, I'm glad to see you become more empathic, Steve. How about that?
1: (laughs) Can I change my name? I want to be empathy Steve instead of real Steve. I hope so. I'd
0: I'd go on that podcast for sure. Yeah,
1: how about that? We could talk about my empathy for an hour and twenty minutes, like this one. Um, (laughs) But anyway, Jacqueline, thank you again, uh, as always, for coming on. This was a uh, this was a fun podcast because we dove into stuff that I didn't even expect to dive into. So it was a lot of fun. As always, you're always a, you're always a great hang uh, for sure.
0: Uh, (laughs) Thanks for having me on again. It was fun. I love going on this podcast.
1: You're welcome. And uh, again, check out her podcast, a little help for our friends, not (laughs) from our friends, a little help for our friends uh, podcast. You can get it on any podcast. Um, I'm assuming any of the podcast platforms out there. uh, You can download that. And um, does it come out on, does it come out on Wednesdays or when does it come out?
0: Wednesdays Wednesdays yep. okay
1: yeah. uh, so go Our
0: depression che- episodes
1: next oh okay mm-hmm. um, go check that out uh, if you are so inclined and Jacqueline again thanks for coming on say hi to FP for me next time you talk to him when <laughs> was we'll the last time you heard from him
0: um, I talked to him on his birthday
1: which was
0: it was somewhat like weeks ago
1: yeah I, was gonna say, yeah I remember seeing stuff on his Twitter about that um, mm-hmm. anyway thanks again I appreciate it and uh, we'll obviously be
0: in touch Alrighty. Thanks so much. Take care. Thanks
1: so much to Jacqueline for that. So much fun talking to her all the time. She's a great podcast guest and go check out her podcast. If you may, a little help for our friends and um, a lot of deep talk there. I enjoyed our talk. Just kind of going and diving into things that um, maybe I didn't expect to talk about. (laughs) Then again, I also forgot our last topic and I still can't remember. When I should have written it down. I had most of my stuff written down for this interview, and I just completely blanked on the last topic. But anyway, thanks again to Jacqueline for coming on. Thank you all for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. We will be back next week with yet another podcast. Oh, by the way, did you realize, I did say it at the beginning of the podcast, but this is the four-year anniversary of the Reality Sea podcast starting crazy, December 5th, 2016 was my first one if i'm not mistaken let me uh scroll here real quick oh crap steve what are you doing oh see all episodes miss scroll here real quick to get the exact uh, date yeah it was december 4th 2016 and you are hearing this on december 3rd 2020 so yeah four years first thursday in december of 2016 was my first podcast and here we are what 211 episodes later four years later, still doing it crazy. Thank you all for listening. You guys make it uh, successful. Uh, that's the best. Uh, it's, it's, it's great to hear feedback on the podcast personally, whether you email it to me or DM me on Twitter or Instagram, that's the best way to hear it. Um, because, uh, the comments on uh, Apple podcasts, I don't really see them. Um, I know they're there because I can see the counter on them, but I don't really go in and see them. But if you ever want to send me a note on a podcast, just email me at steve at realitysteve.com or hit me up on DM on Twitter or Instagram and let me know what you like about the podcast and what you don't like. So thanks again. I appreciate it. Thanks again, Jacqueline, for coming on. She's great. And uh, we will talk to you next week. See you.